This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. We welcome you to our latest podcast, and uh, we welcome another member of the the 2008 World Series team. And not only was he a member of that team, but he's still here in Tampa Bay. And he originally was part of the then Devil Rays organization. That's reliever Dan Wheeler. Dan, great to see you and great to chat with you. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to see you too, Neil. Um, uh, You know, I mean, obviously we're living in a different time right now, but, uh, you know, we make the best of the situation, so. So give our fans an idea of what the situation has been like for you since what point were you at home and at what point has your family been at home during all this? Um, I, I do remember there was uh, March, March 13th. I think that's when kind of everything, you know, was uh, shut down. Uh, my, my older son is a, is a freshman in high school right now. And we had a, we had a pretty big baseball game that, that night, March 13th. So then everything kind of got canceled. We were playing some, you know, some, some rival friends, you know, like we've been, kids that he plays with during the summer. So we were getting ready to play them in the, uh, you know, in the high school season. So we were all very looking much, much looking forward to that. Uh, so that got canceled. So that, to me, that'd probably be, have to be the biggest, you know, I feel, I feel for, for my kids more than anything kind of going through this and they're kind of trapped at home. Understand, understandably, we, we get it, you know, we understand, you know, all the reasons it's, it's the safety precautions that we need to do, but you know, it's tough to try to explain to them, like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, everything's shut down, and you know, what do we do now? So, and my kids are, my girls are twelve and thirteen. So you've got, as you mentioned, a, a teenager, what a preteen, and and one younger than that. Who's who's hardest, or who is it hardest for right now? Um, it's a combination of all, but I definitely think my daughter. She's nine. Um, she just loves. She's a little. They're all kind of like. They all got some good friends, but she's a little social butterfly that just likes to be around her friends. And this has been really tough for her. I mean, she does keep in touch with them all. They're FaceTiming all the time. But at the same time, that's not the same of, you know, getting out and playing, you know, doing whatever they, they do during recess and stuff like that. Um, so, but it's, uh, it, it, it's been equally tough on all of them. So. And I would guess it's, that's probably the harder part, at least from my end, I, I can speak to this, the social activities and the overall activities to probably what goes on in school and the, and the visual, uh, the, the virtual learning. Um, that, that's been an adjustment for everybody, the virtual learning. So, um, but we try to make ourselves available, uh, Steph and I, you know, to make sure that we can help them. But to be honest with you, they're, they're, they're way more advanced than I am. So they're kind of on their own with that. Um, but they do, they're very, they advocate for themselves. So they, they do, they do reach out to their teachers if they need a little bit of extra help, uh, which is really good. And that's something that we encourage. Um, but I know they're, um, I never thought I'd hear it, you know, but my, my boys are missing school. So they're like, we can't wait to go back to school. And you know, it's just, you know, it's just part of it. So. And had you been helping out with your oldest team or what had you been doing um, since you finished playing? Yeah, no, that's um, for, uh, I've been, I've been, I've dove into, you know, travel baseball. I was uh, kind of against it at the beginning, you know, but 
that's where it's at right now. So both my boys uh, have a passion for baseball and they both like to play basketball. Uh, but baseball is where it's at for them. Um, but I do, I do help out coach. I coach uh, their travel teams. So it's kind of a way for me to kind of keep my hand, you know, and hang out with them and be around them as much as I can, but also can control, you know, how much throwing everybody does. I mean, cause you, if you go to a weekend tournament, you'll see some of these kids and these coaches just keep throwing and throwing and throwing. So for me to be part of that, I can kind of keep an eye, a close eye on not overusing anybody, making sure that, you know, they're prepared for the next level, you know, and our goal is to obviously play, you know, high school ball and then keep going as far as we can. But my older son's a freshman and, you know, it's, he was, he did, he, he was able to actually make the varsity team, got a couple innings pitched. Um, but it, it, I just, it, it stinks because it would have been a big year for him and a couple other freshmen and sophomores to get some experience at that level against some really talented kids down here in Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll probably have, you know, a handful of kids drafted in this area, I would imagine. Do you, um, do they both pitch and is it something you've kind of, how have you handled that as, as someone who did it for so many years and successfully at the major league level? Um, I just, I just kind of let them follow whatever they want to do. Um, to be honest with you, I think, uh, I think they both have a chance at pitching, you know, uh, for my older son, he's really, we're trying to get him a little bit stronger. Um, but he's, uh, he, you know, he's on, he's on track. He's, you know, he's been working out doing stuff as much as he can here. Uh, we have a bow net, he hits in the bow net, he throws into the bow net, but it's, it's, it's a lot harder when there's not a weekend tournament or a, or a Friday night game to kind of see, you know, of all the hard work he's been putting in, is it paying off, you know? So, but you know, we're just kind of keeping our fingers crossed that our, our summer, our summer schedule is still intact. I mean, it will probably be modified, which, of course, we all understand that. But as long as we can get out there and maybe play a couple games, I think it'd be good. What do you and uh, Stephanie do to kind of keep your minds occupied when, the, when you're not helping the kids out with whatever's going on in the house? Um, we do a little bit of exercising. You know, we live kind of towards the beach, so it's been nice. Uh, we've been really enjoyed uh, the weather that we've been having. Uh, so we'll get out. Uh, do a little bit of uh, walking or exercising in the morning. And then uh, lately, now that the beaches are open, it's really nice. We can kind of just stroll down there and kind of catch a sunset the last couple of days, which has been really good. And just seeing people out there on the beach, enjoying it. Uh, that's been, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to make that like a little family family outing. You kind of see that, you know, through other, other people and other families out there just kind of growing closer together. And I think that's, you know, one thing that we've kind of looked at and we've really kind of embraced you know family time in the last six you know seven weeks because that's what it's about you know at the end of the day and you know I keep telling them it's like it's it's, it's could be worse you know we're hanging I'm hanging out with my family on a daily basis I get to go for walks play with them in the pool so you know we're very blessed and very lucky to, to, to be able to do that in this in this in this uncertain times. Yeah chatting with Carlos Pena and Dan Johnson I think they also kind of said the same, said similar things, that that might be the silver lining in all of this, that we've kind of gotten back to the things that make us whole, that we focus more on family through all this. No, I, I agree. Um, you know, and, and when you get through the, the first uh, week or so of, you know, kind of being locked down and, you know, we can still go out to the grocery store or whatever, but, you know, it's, you know, you're very cautious of which, where you go and, you know, who you run into because um, you never know. But it's, yeah, I mean, we've, family dinner every night, which has been tremendous. Uh, just, just being around everybody and just soaking that in because at some point real soon, you know, my 15, 12 and nine year olds, they're not going to be around anymore. So uh, I'm trying to soak this in as much as I can. 
Uh, have, so that when that does happen, you know, I, I have some fond memories. Have you added to your, uh, your skills in the kitchen or anything else during this time? No, my wife has been a rock star, you know, in, in the kitchen. You know, the only thing I'm really capable of is I can grill a couple burgers and make some tacos, which, you know, oddly enough, we had that for Cinco de Mayo last night. Taco Tuesday. So we enjoyed that. And, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, she, she's, she's awesome in there. So I don't, I don't even mess with that. Part of the reason, obviously, we brought you on was to kind of reminisce a little bit. And, you know, one thing that was brought up in a recent interview I did with J.P. With Howell was he said, this is the guy who taught me how to be a big leaguer, um, who really kind of grabbed me by the neck and told me what I needed to do to stick around. Do you remember conversations you had with J.P. and what does it mean to hear that? It, it, means, it means a lot because, you know, I've always, I've, I really had a fond uh, relationship with uh, J.P., and he really stepped up big in 08. I just, you know, remember, you know, we were supposed to have this, you know, really good bullpen, which we did, but it didn't, it didn't work out to be the guys that we thought were going to be the guys, you know, when Balfour didn't even make the team out of spring. Mm -hmm. And without him, we don't go on that run. Without JP, who was a long guy at the start of the year, but just kept getting people out, we don't go on that run. So it was, uh, um, and, and that, and that the, he was the kind of kid that, those are all kind words, but at the same time, you can just kind of suggest things to certain people. It's entirely up to him whether or not he wants to listen and put that forth. So that's, I'm very flattered, but at the same time, it's all him. So he was, he was really good. He said, though, that you guys kind of knew him from a personality standpoint. That he said, I needed to screw up, and then they gave me my space for when I could make a mistake to know, okay, it's okay to go to them now versus this is the way it has to be. They, they kind of like let him be himself. And, and no, and that's exactly right. I mean, I don't think it would have worked if we didn't, if they didn't let him be himself because JP is, he's one of a kind. We all love him. Be, absolutely. hundred percent. You know, but that's the thing. It's like, and, and, and part of that is, you know, he started getting confidence in those situations, you know, those long, you know, we'd throw him in there for two or three innings and he would just dominate. And it's like, well, you know, we're kind of wasting him in these situations. So, you know, and then he would kind of, you know, Joe and, and, and Hickey would kind of give him a little bit more, you know, more high, high intensity, high intensity options, you know, or role. And he just kept responding, you know, and kept doing it. And, you know, that's how he, you know, and he eventually just learned to become a big leaguer, a professional, you know, and understanding like, hey, you know, you go in there with a three run, run lead it's like okay well let's attack the zone you know no one no one's on base they can't hit a three-run home run so let's see what happens let them let, make them get themselves out and that's what he did he just kind of kept making pitches and I mean look what happened certainly worked out okay and it worked out for you too Joe Madden always says that when you were traded back to the organization from the Astros that's when he thought things really started to turn what do you remember about the day first of all that you were traded from Houston, a team the two years earlier went to the World Series. Yeah, you know what? Um, I remember it was kind of crazy. I remember Brian Muller, he was in the bullpen with me in Houston, and I was the eighth inning guy in Houston. And we kind of had our ups and downs in 07 that year with Houston. Um, so we're walking in, and, and Chad Qualls pitched. He was the seventh inning guy. I was the eighth inning guy. Brad Lidge was the ninth inning guy. So Chad, we were up 3-1, to one, and Chad got the, got the call for the eighth inning. And I remember walking in to, uh, after the game, we won, Chad threw the eighth, and Brad threw the ninth, we ended up winning the game. So I'm walking in, and I said to Brian, I was like, am I looking too far into this, or did I just get traded? 
he's like, oh, you're looking too far into this. I'm like, okay. So I get to my locker again, you know, kind of, you know, cooling down and, you know, just getting, you know, ready to uh, go eat or whatever. And the um, pitching coach says, hey, um, you okay? I'm like, yeah, no problems. All right, just one check. And then like literally 10 seconds later, he comes back around the corner and says, hey, we need to see you. And then <laughs> you're hearing trade rumors and all this. And then um, I actually, I kind of called it in my head that it was going to be the race. And there was no reason for me to think that. You know, it was either that or I knew I was going to, I was getting traded for Ty Wigginson because I knew that was, that was the right situation. Cause my wife said, Oh, well, we'll be back with Angela because I played with Ty when I was with the Mets. And then we were both pregnant with our first kid, you know, at the time. And then I get traded and then he goes there. And then, and I was like, well, no, honey, I'm sorry. We're not going to be back with her because I just got traded for Ty. <laughs> so it was kind of, but it was, it was a nice situation. And uh, it was definitely a pleasant surprise as much as I, I had such fond memories of Houston. I think it was, it was that, that time was coming to an end and I just got lucky to be in the same, in the, in, the, in another situation with the race. So at what point when you got there, did you realize this team is a lot closer than people think? I think within the first couple of weeks, cause I, you know, you hear all the, uh, the talks of, you know, Evan Longoria, he hadn't been up there yet, but you know, he's, he was, you know, it was a stud minor leaguer that he was going to come in and, you know, at, when it, whenever he was ready and we knew it was going to be sometime in the next year, but you look at the, the, the team that we had, Carlos was having such a tremendous year. Um, Aki was there. Um, we haven't even had, you know, but the pitching with Kaz and Shields, and then we had Crawford and Upton. I mean, there was just so much, so much talent that we had that it was just like, we're going to be good at some point. Did, did I think that it was going to be, we were going to go to the World Series in 08? No. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I play the game to win. And, you know, with a couple of additions that we had, you know, Longo coming up, and then that, that was able to move Aki to, to second. And then we traded for Bartlett Garza. I mean, you know, that was such an unbelievable trade. Another arm and, you know, our middle infield, our defense was just amazing. That put that, and that was able to put Zobrist as a utility. I mean, if you look back at our defense, there was, we were, I mean, we could, we didn't have to hit as much as we had to, but we did. We had, we had very clutch hitting, but at the same time, pitching and defense was, you knew as a pitcher that you could go after these guys because the guys were going to catch and throw the ball. It's kind of been the mantra of the organization since. When in 08 did you think, okay, this really has a chance to be at least a playoff team? Well, I mean, definitely by all-star break. I mean, there was no reason why we couldn't think. I mean, we were, we were winning series after series. Um, but I, I, do, I do remember, I think it was early in the year, didn't we go in and sweep the Red Sox, right? Like, it was like uh, the Boston Marathon, like right before we went in there and won four games. So, I mean, like, to think that we – we were going to compete no matter what to say that like, okay, you know what, we're, we're good to go, you know, in April, that's, you know, no, but definitely by the all-star break, I think we kind of, we had a nice little run, um, hit a little bump, I think right before the all-star break. But then when we came back from the all-star break and we won six out of seven on home. And then that's kind of when I was like, all right, you know, there's a legitimate chance if we can continue. I mean, we have a really good shot at this. What do you remember about the fights? Because a lot of people believe both of them were kind of um, galvanizing points. Where were you for them? And what do you remember about where you were? Because everyone has told me really interesting, now that they've retired, interesting yeah. stories about where they were and what happened. Well, I wasn't there for the spring training one. I think okay. um, I might have had just left, which kind of disappointed me a little bit. 
you know, but like, uh, you know, during spring, as you know, I mean, you know, people are on different schedules. So I think uh, I wasn't pitching that day. So I kind of, you know, it was later in the game, I believe. Mm -hmm. But um, so I don't really have much to say about that one. But the second one, you don't really know what's going to happen. You know, you never know. You hear rumblings and this and that. But with uh, with with the one that was in Boston with Coco and James, it was the only thing I can remember, really, because I'm in the bullpen. So for the most part, you know, we're just kind of running in. And that was a long run. <laughs> I remember my hamstrings were on fire for like four innings after that. I was like, well, I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was kind of wishing I stretched out, you know, before it. But that's just the way it is. You never know what's going to happen. But you just got to – so you're just trying to get out there and break things up. So it was, uh, it was interesting. It was a little mayhem when you got out there. But it was pretty much died down by the time, I, by the, time the bullpen gets there. So. And, and I was kind of curious, when, when a pitcher gets there, is it kind of like, okay, let's just stay on the periphery or, or? Yeah, you don't want, you don't want, you're just looking to make sure that nothing gets, you know, reignited. So it was, uh, it was one of those things where you just, you're, you're, you're kind of keeping an eye on everybody, you know, making sure that your teammates aren't going to do anything that, you know, would jeopardize losing, you know, somebody else. I mean, there's already going to be suspensions because of what happened. So you're just trying to minimize that. So, because you don't want to be shorthanded. I mean, cause there's, if you get suspended, then you're down to 24, you know, you don't have, you don't, you don't get to call somebody up, you know, especially if it's a pitcher, you can kind of get set back for, you know, a week or two. So you just want to make sure that no one does anything stupid. You obviously played such an important role we mentioned as a mentor, but obviously you got so many critical outs during the season too, during at least the regular season before I touched on the postseason. what were the moments that stuck out to you uh, in terms of 2008? Um, you know, I just, I remember, I remember the battles that we had with the Red Sox, um, you know, and, and I mean, I'll just go to the one where, you know, it was, it was in September when we were game and a half up. And then I think we lost, made it half a game. And then it was game two. And it was the one that Dan Johnson hit the home run. And unfortunately I had given up a home run in the eighth to tie the game. So I was already feeling kind of down in the dumps, but then when Dan was able to to hit that home run to, to tie it up. And then we went to extra innings and, you know, just, I mean, if I had to, if I just had to like think about one thing, I mean, through that whole year, the battles that we had with the Red Sox, you just can't, you can't duplicate that stuff. And it was, it was so intense and so much fun. Every pitch and every swing and every ground ball or throw or whatever, everything was on the line. And, that's what you dream about, you know, to be able to play and be in those situations and be able to actually produce. Cause sometimes you just, you know, you get the situation gets too big. And that's, that was one of the things I tried to talk to, you know, some of the kids and even my young kids right now, don't let the situation get too big, you know, just trust your training, trust your ability. You mentioned uh, a down moment against the Red Sox, but in that ALCS, you had some, I consider one a, an incredible moment. You threw three and a third scoreless innings in the extra inning game in game two. What do you remember about that? And how were you feeling after going that long as a guy who probably pitched mostly one or two innings all year? Yeah. Well, I was kicking myself in the butt again because I threw a wild pitch to score to tie the game. So if I wouldn't have thrown that wild pitch, then we might not have gone three, four innings, but <laughs> that's beside the point. But I do remember, um, I don't, I don't even remember. And, and, my mindset in the postseason was, give me the ball. I'll keep going as long as I can until I can't go anymore. And that was kind of the, mo the, the, the motto I had when I was with Houston. And because there's nothing left, you know, this is it. So we want to make, we want to keep, we, we'll win today and worry about tomorrow. 
and the good thing is we had a day off the next day and the even better thing was we we really you know we did really well in games you know three and four so but that was I just remember getting some texts from some of my buddies from Houston they're like oh what are you what are you a starter now and I'm like well let's hope not but you know it's okay and I just I just remembered like hey give me the ball if I can keep going I'll, I'll give you what I got as much as I can if I can just get one more out I'll get one more out and I just remember, I think Andrew Friedman came up to me after and just, just gave me a big hug. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, all right, this is, you know, it was, it was a good, I didn't get the win or anything, but it, it didn't matter to me because we got the win. And that was the most important thing because I, I was able to keep my, keep, keep the team in there so that we could find a way to push one across. You got a big out in game seven too. And that was game seven was where Pedroia hit the early home run and you got Pedroia out for the first out of that eighth inning. Do you remember the battle with him and how often had you faced him during that year? Oh, I've faced Dustin quite a bit, you know, and it was, uh, I think when I got, when I signed with the Red Sox, I think he came up to me and says, I'm sure glad that you're here because he, he never got a hit off me. I think he got one hit off me. And that was after I, I was with the Indians the following year after my Red Sox. But I, I, I did, I did pretty well against him. Um, but I remember that game because of the, the game five, I gave up the I gave up a hit to Coco, and that was a battle. It was like a it was like a twelve pitch at bat where I gave up, and he ended up getting a base hit to tie the game up in the in the eighth inning, and then I faced him again in Coco in the seventh, and then I tried to do a totally different approach on him, and uh, I, I, he got a base hit again, and that's when I had to face Dustin, and I think it was uh, runners on first and second, and I was able to get him to pop out to. To, to left field but I just knew if I could kind of keep the ball down and away from him you know you know I could kind of get him to pull off a little bit and luckily enough uh he didn't get any more of that because I think it went I think it went a little more deep a little deeper than I wanted it to it was uh it was an out nonetheless so that's that's all that mattered but I do remember that inning it took forever I can't imagine how it was watching it on tv or in the stands or in the booth you know whatever but it was it was uh it was a really really long inning have you ever watched that game back, or is there any game now that you look back at and, and will actually watch? If uh, something's on, you know, I'll watch it. Um, you know, if, if I, I was, I, I've been looking around. I think I watched uh, a little bit of uh, the game one against the White Sox that was on, that was airing. But I don't really have much on with the TV. I think we're doing, you know, we've been binging some Netflix or Hulu stuff, but that's that's about it. Um, but if there if there's something on, and I. Then and I know I might have a, if I, I had a chance to pitch I'll probably keep it on. Very very different situation, um, but a lot of folks were excited about what was to come and hopefully will be to come with this 2020 team. Had you closely followed much since you live in the area? Um, since they won 96 games last year, went to Game Five of the ALDS. Yeah, and you know last year I was getting a little bit back into it. Um, still not like obviously like the one I was before, but. Uh, you know, it was a really fun team to watch last year. Um, I was lucky enough to go to one of the uh, playoff games against Houston, and then you know they really played well. I mean, who knows what would have happened if things were different? You never know. Well, that, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. Yes. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, they are. They. I mean, you you can't help but love their pitching. So um, if they continue to do that, you know, I, I don't. I, I. Who knows what could happen with this team? So they're just they seem like they really mesh well together and they just enjoy playing with each other. So that's, now it's kind of like ROA team. Mm -hmm. So we, we might not have had, you know, roster one through 25 the best, but you know, we worked really well together and that's all that mattered. We played for each other. 
Did you enjoy that year as much as any you had? Because you did go to the World Series in 05, and who, if anyone, are you still uh, in touch with? Um, you know, I, um, I did, absolutely. Um, there's, oh, I'd have to say 05 was, you know, a really good year, 04, with the, uh, when I got traded at the end of um, the year with Houston, to Houston. But 05 and 08 definitely have to go down as two of the best years, just because we won in 05, we won the wild card on the very last day of the season, you know, and we won game six and then we won, you know, an 18 inning game, game four against the, uh, the Braves. And then we lucky enough to go to the world series. And, you know, if you look back at some of these series that I was lucky enough to play in, in the postseason, it was, it was amazing. I mean, there's, there's some really good games to go back and watch. I mean, when I was with the Astros, a lot of really good games against the Braves and the Cardinals. I think we played the Braves and the Cardinals in back to back years. So I, I mean, I think I might have played both those scenes like 20 times in two years or 30 times in two years, which was like just enough already. I'm tired of seeing these guys, but that's kind of how it is, you know, when you're playing the Red Sox and the, with the Rays. So, but I was, yeah, just, yeah, that, that <laughs> way definitely goes down as one of the best years. But if I had to say, you know, I still keep in touch. Now, there's a, uh, Andy Sunnenstein lives in the area. Him and mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we like to golf together. So it's, and I see Toby Hall from time to time, even though he wasn't on, that team we actually coach together he, he helps out at the at the facility that I help coach so sounds like you've still got a, a fair amount of and a lot of people a lot of baseball people retire in this area too so I guess it's easy yeah. to it, it's why not this is to me this is the beautiful the most beautiful place in, uh, in in our country that's I love it well let's hope at some point we are uh, we're playing again your your kids can get to play again um, and we certainly appreciate all the time you've given us on our uh, latest podcast. Anytime, y'all. I appreciate it. That's Dan Wheeler, and we hope, again, you're staying safe, socially distant, and hopefully we will chat with you again soon.